0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm, Such a pleasure. Today is Friday, November 1st. First day of National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo. Uh, And true to my intent and declaration, I am going to try to talk about your way to a novel. If you're doing NaNoWriMo, this is a good time to try doing this. If, um, if you're not doing NaNoWriMo, which personally I don't do, then this I'm going to try to address it as a more general thing about how I do, how I write. And I started making notes yesterday as I was writing. Um, as I pinched my way through the fate of the Tala, which I'm writing now, I'm at about 56,000 words on it and getting a nice flow going. There's going to be a cover reveal today. And now, and then everyone will know who the protagonist of this book is. I'm kind of excited for the reaction. Uh, I put a little clip of the cropped bit of the cover on the podcast image today. But it'll be up on Frolic at some point. I feel a little guilty because I forgot to add my little thing about being part of the Frolic Podcast Network yesterday. Because I don't have a recorded outro. You know, a lot of other podcasts who are arguably far more professionally executed than mine (laughs) have intros and outros, and I don't do that. So I have to uh, remember to add that at the end. I think it'll become habit over time. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about is building habits. If you're not a writer and you listen because you're a reader or because you're a friend or my mother, (laughs) um, I hope that I can still address this because I think that A lot of my, what I call pantsing, or what I actually, I don't call pantsing, what other people call pantsing, which comes from the term um, to fly by the seat of your pants, which is, I've talked about this often, um, I think what people who don't like this method prefer to call it. I I find it kind of um, disparaging because it, it implies a, I don't know, a haphazardness or a loss of control that I don't think is fair. Um, I do not feel at all haphazard in what I do. But I'm hoping that what I can do is put this in context of sort of my greater philosophy of life. And for those of you who don't know, I very much consider myself to be a Taoist, and I've spent a lot of years studying Taoism, um, actually since college. My, uh, I was a biology and religious studies major in college, and my honors thesis for religious studies was a comparison of the Tao teaching with um, a sermon of Meister Eckhart, who was an excommunicated Catholic theologian, and he had a sermon on, called On Detachment which is very Taoist in nature, which is part of why they excommunicated him. Uh, Meister Eckhart believed that we did not need the intercession of the church or a priest in order to communicate with God. And Taoism has very much the same perspective, that we are capable of communicating with the divine on our own, whatever that may be. In Taoism, obviously, it's phrased as the Tao, um, which, you know, cannot be described. The Tao that cannot that can be named is not the Tao, uh, which is very similar to um, in Judaism, right? The Some of the original, I don't know. What, I, let me put it this way. Some of the core tenets of Judaism is that uh, the name of God cannot be pronounced or known. So it's this... Ineffable force, right? And in Taoism, we seek to become one with the Tao, which means giving up, uh, giving up control in a way. It's giving up the need to consciously direct the universe and micromanage our own lives. And you can see this idea coming through in various religions. You know, Christianity talks a lot about, you know, giving control to God, you know, or letting the Holy Spirit guide you. I come from an Irish Catholic family, so not only did I study Catholicism, I sort of got it um, what imbued with me in the dinner wine <laughs> Uh so it's this idea that you don't need to that, that we are small that our conscious brains are small that our abilities as human beings are small compared to the greatness of the Tao, and that if you become one with the Tao, then that will carry you forward uh, one of the jokes is that, uh, where Moses would, and, and of course, this is not a perfect analogy because Moses never parted a river. He parted the right Red Sea, right? But if people needed to cross, you know, if, if, when faced with a raging river, Moses would part the waters and make the river stop. Whereas a Taoist would wade into the river and just, gesture for the water, keep flowing in the direction that's already going. So that's part of, I would say, how I try to do everything in life. Um, and I don't know if I've talked about that a whole lot before. It's it's personal to me. You know, I think all um, spiritual pursuits are personal. And Taoism is more personal than most because there there isn't a church. There are not priests. Uh, Taoism is a very individual pursuit so I think that writing a novel without pre plotting um, and most people pose it as a dichotomy between pantsing or plotting which again is disparaging because it implies that people who don't conceive the plots ahead of time are somehow not plotting at all which is not true All storytellers plot. If you don't have a plot, you don't really have a book. I mean, I'm sure we could think of examples of books without plots, but they're doing that for a specific reason. So the point is is that you don't have to do the plotting ahead of time. You don't have to outline the book ahead of time. The point is, is that you just start doing the thing. So if you are doing NaNoWriMo, if you are not doing Minano the reason that I don't is because I write full-time. Uh, I write thirty to 60,000 words a month, depending on where I am and, you know, like revising and editing or doing drafting. Anyway, so writing 50,000 words a month um, doesn't do much for me. I also, um, and I, I made a note to talk about this later. And I'm going I I'm going to try to bring it up a few times. If you are doing nano uh try to resist the competitive aspects. That's the primary reason I don't do it. Is that I think it leads to competitiveness where you are comparing yourself to what other people are doing. And I think um competitiveness is something that really destroys your ability to be part of the DAO. It um yeah, it's, it's really kind of a poisonous state in a lot of ways, and I'll talk about that more later on in the month. So if you're doing it, try to do it as a challenge to yourself. And one of the great things about NaNoWriMo is because you are developing a writing habit, writing every day, and for many people pushing themselves very hard to produce a certain amount of words, then in many ways it does coax you into this state where you cannot be meticulous, where you cannot go back and revise and edit. So I absolutely believe that you can pants your novel in uh, NaNoWriMo. I think that you should. Uh, One thing that I think is really important about this style of writing is that It is writing. One thing I talk about a whole lot is that only writing counts as writing. Uh, It's one of those basic truths, and yet we have to reaffirm this for ourselves because we are forever finding ways to convince ourselves that the thing that we're doing, that not writing, still counts as writing. I have a reputation for being prolific, but I don't really write faster than anyone else does, and I don't write more per day. In fact, there are writers who write a lot more per day. For me, about 3,000 words per day is pretty sustainable, and I do that in about three to four hours. I write for an hour and take like 20, 30-minute break, write for another hour. And so it takes me three to four sessions, sometimes five if it's a real tooth-pulling day but otherwise, that's um, that's all I do. You know, I'm not one of these people who tries to write 10,000 words a day. And some of the people who espouse methods of writing 10,000 words a day or uh, stuff like that say, oh, well, that you can write much faster if you know ahead of time what you're going to write. And that's not true for me. Plus, they're not counting in the time that they're spending figuring out what they're going to write. And to me, this is the great disadvantage of pre-plotting, of outlining, of doing extensive world-building before you write, of doing things like character interviews and I don't know what all, all sorts of things that authors do to prepare, to story plan. If you take all of that time that's spent on preparation and simply write, then you're spending the time writing, not doing these things that are not writing. And I know that seems like a simple thing, and yet I think it's critical. Uh, one of the criticisms of this method of writing, which I prefer to think of as gardening, as George R. R. Martin describes it, or I call it writing for discovery. And I know some people think that writing for discovery is something that you do as a preparation, that you write for discovery, and then you actually start writing the book. For me, it's the same thing, and I think I'm going to refer to it mostly as that. Uh, If you are actually writing the book, then you are discovering the story and the world and the characters as you write. And one of the criticisms that's frequently lobbed at this method is that you then have to spend huge amounts of time in revision. And I don't think that's true. I don't think, in fact, I know I spend less time uh, in revision than many authors I know. And that's not a criticism of them. Everybody has their own process and that's key Own your own process, know what it is, own it. But the, these are not rules. It's a fallacy to say that you're going to have, if you don't do the pre-work, then you have to do the after work. It makes sense, like, so far as a mathematic equation or a chemical formula is concerned, but that's not how creativity works. That's not how storytelling works. So try not to worry about that part. Don't worry about how much time you're going to have to spend fixing it later. And people will make snotty comments to you about it, which, I, you know, I get them all the time. People are like, yeah, but I bet you have to spend a lot of time re- revising. And a lot of times I'll just sort of smile and nod when people say that because, um, you know, I don't want someone else to feel bad that I'm actually pretty clean drafter. Quite a few people I know who write this way turn out very complete and clean drafts when they're done. It's, it's a method that is very effective because you are allowing that subconscious flow, that connection to the Tao to tell the story, and you're not getting all of these other things in the way. So that's the key, is that what you want to do is start writing. Don't worry about what you're going to write. Don't worry about where you're starting Don't worry about any of those things. Just write. Uh, NaNoWriMo is great for this because you're going for your 1,667 words. Just get those words down. Write and write and write. Um, For me, the ideal is when I can get into a trance state where I am not thinking, where the story is simply flowing through me out onto the keyboard. I have a walking desk and what walking while I write helps induce that trance state. I like to write in total silence. I know not everybody does, but you need to find whatever is going to allow you to turn off your brain. Turn off anything that has to do with thinking because as soon as you start thinking, you're get- you're ruining the flow, right? You're trying to direct the river. Don't direct the river swim in the river. Uh, So I don't listen to music, uh, music with words. Uh, Some people write uh, to like the TV or have the internet on. Those are all distractions that stimulate the conscious mind. So whatever you need to do to turn off the conscious mind, you know, if it helps to Uh, have classical music if it helps to burn a candle with a certain scent if it helps to meditate first read a poem first I know a lot of people that that's effective for you want to do whatever it takes to get you into this subconscious flow where you are not thinking Uh, I think that in order for this method to work you have to write the story beginning to end Because you are getting in the story flow. Uh, I could be wrong. There might be people who can uh, just write the scenes and then patchwork it together again later. I I don't do that. I just start and then I keep writing. And yeah, don't worry about if you're starting in the right place. You can figure that out. I'll, I'll often change up where the story starts. That's part of refining it. For now, start wherever you think the story starts and follow the flow of the story beginning to end. I'm not going to tell you you can't write individual scenes, but my feeling is is that it doesn't work well with the flow. And I also invite people to give me feedback. You know, let me know what is and is not working for you on this because this is the first time I'm trying to really break down and explain how to go about this process. Um, oh, for for those who may be just tuning in for the first time, part of this is because I got frustrated that there are so many classes out there that teach story planning or pre-plotting for pantsers. And I had jokingly put out a tweet saying, uh, you know, where all the... I, I want to teach a class saying, you know, how to give up your white knuckle grip on the story and embrace creative flow. And that's essentially... I'm, I'm seeing if I can teach that because... It, Several people made the very good point that it's much easier to teach how to plot a story ahead of time. So I'm seeing how I can teach this. So let me know what does and does not work for you. Um, I'm looking at my notes with a rare case where I've actually made notes ahead of time. But I did them in the flow of writing. So I think that that it was as things occurred to me, what I was doing. Yeah, okay. So I think that's that's enough to get you started. Um, and I am going to post daily, and I some days may be much shorter than others. But start there. Find whatever it takes to release that conscious control. And any time you start thinking or wanting to white-knuckle it, or plan or when you start worrying well what but what am i doing and what is the genre and all that let all of those things go because all you're doing is opening up a door into another world and letting the story flow in through you so you want to be a clean portal also trust the fact that you subconsciously understand how to write a story if you you've read you know, thousands of stories by this point in your life. If you haven't read a lot, then you should, because that's how you teach yourself story structure, is by reading. So trust that you know how to do this, and don't be concerned if the words aren't great when you start. There's a wonderful analogy. I learned it via um, Anne Patchett, but I, I know a number of writers have talked about it, that when you begin writing, it's like flowing water through rusty pipes. And at first you get a whole lot of rust and muck and other gook coming out. But if you keep running the water through there, eventually that stuff washes out. The pipes get much bigger, the flow gets stronger, and the water comes out clean and pure. So that's another great advantage of NaNoWriMo is you are running water through those pipes, don't worry about what's coming out right now. Just keep running the water through there. And you can see how that connects to that idea of the Dow and of flowing with the Tao. So, good luck. Hope that works for a start. And I will be saying something every day, um, trying to be helpful. And I will mention today that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. And you can find other great podcasts at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I am going to go back and do my next hour of work. And so I hope you all have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Um, And I hope you, I hope you find just a little piece of that flow, the great river of the universe. I will talk to you all later. Take care. Bye-bye.